0: Welcome into B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And
1: I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma.
0: Bonnie, it's been a fun but quiet weather week, and that's okay. Um, You guys have warmed up. Most of the country has warmed up. But it's been an interesting, I don't know, last 10 days as the great thaw or the Undeep deep freeze or whatever other little crazy metaphor you want to throw in there for getting rid of the cold has now come and gone
1: yeah we all have recovered from our freezer burn but <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's so crazy like how the temperature swing and how it's just like a complete 180 in a week, you know, or maybe just over a week. And, you know, I was texting you the other night we had thunderstorms here the other night. And it's right. just, it's just nuts to go from negative 14 degrees to thunderstorms in a week, you know, but I'll take it.
0: Right. What was the temperature span? You guys went from minus 14 to like 65. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys are pushing an 80 degree temperature swing again, over a span of a decent chunk of time, but still that's pretty amazing that you know the atmosphere can recover it relatively quickly and have an 80 degree temperature swing
1: well and the other crazy thing is there's still little piles of snow around oh i'm sure and it's so crazy because i'm like it's even rained and stuff and it's like you would think that that rain would like you know as it hits the snow would like melt it down or whatever but they're still not big piles you know But there's still little piles of snow, like in shady areas and stuff like that. And I'm like, that's so crazy because it's been well above freezing for days now. So you would think even if they're in the shade and don't get a lot of sun, that that would do it. But the snow's hanging on a little bit.
0: Well, apparently down in Texas, they try and light the snow on fire and it doesn't melt. Whoa. Yeah.
1: What kind of snow fell? Like, what is this kind Uh,
0: of snow? Yeah. If you pull up the Instagram or Twitter video. About the people trying to melt the snow with a lighter. You just shake your head because people are not bright. Anyways. <laughs> I just... I That's laugh.
1: Texas for you.
0: Ah, oh, 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 <laughs> Shots fired. Uh,
1: just kidding, Texas. Uh-huh. Sort
0: of. Yeah. Horns down. But, uh, anyways. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, sooner. It sooner. Amen. I do find it very interesting, though, that same here. I mean, there are parts of... Our metro area, which, again, we've been above freezing now, again, kind of the same time period. There's still a little piles of snow here and there. Uh, but you got to remember, snow is a fantastic insulator. It yeah. doesn't melt relatively quickly if there is no dirt on it. And people are like, what do you mean if there's no dirt on it? The white of the snow reflects a lot of the sun's energy back. So, in addition to being a fantastic insulator, it doesn't melt quickly. You literally have to have temperatures like in the 50s, 60s, and 70s to get snow to really melt at a rapid rate. But you have to have a catalyst to help that. So, um, you know, out here in Oregon, we use rocks and we use sand and we use dirt to put on top of snow to get traction. We don't necessarily oh. believe salt in salt. Uh, it's few and far between that they actually let us use rock salt or road salt to help melt the snow because we can are concerned about the fishes, which I understand. Okay, great. You know, it's a, it's an environmental thing. They believe that too much salt can do harm to rivers and streams, and okay, fine, that's great. With that said, you still need something to help melt it. So the big piles of snow that have the dirt on it are the ones that melt first. The ones that don't have the dirt on it don't melt as fast.
1: And that makes sense because there's across the street from me, my neighbors have a lot of snow still in their driveway, like little piles and chunks and stuff. But it's all like pure white snow, like there's nothing on it. So that kind of makes sense. And we don't use salt here either, really. I think we do a little bit sometimes, but mostly it's sand. And let me tell you how gross my car was because of that.
0: Oh, I feel you. Mine is mine looks like three shades of brown and my car is black.
1: Same, same. Mine looked like it was like, like ashy or dusty or something. It was gross. And I have, a, I have a black car too. And I went on Wednesday to wash it and I spent like $25 on a really nice car wash with like some sort of fancy sealant stuff. And then the next day it rained.
0: Oh, man, I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: So that's why it rained, is because I went to wash my car. And so the universe
0: was like, ha ha, watch this. Right. No, 100%. That's what happens. Uh, With that said, though, it's good because if you do have some road salt, road salt can uh, do bad, bad things to the undercarriage of your car. So it's good to get your car washed after it snows. I do the same thing. Um, You know, we talk about snow and some, like, kind of some freak things that happened. The Oregon Cascades and the Washington Cascades have gotten hammered. With snow on the order of several feet a day. Whoa, uh, yeah. There is a gentleman that is in one of the Facebook groups that I belong to out here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, there's a town on Mount Hood called Government Camp. Uh, Government Camp is exactly what it sounds like. It was at one time a government camp, real original on the names. I know we're just <laughs> we, we went above and beyond in this one. With that said, government camp is home to two ski areas and it's kind of the uh it's the it's the pass level road when you drive Highway 26 between Portland and Eastern and Central Oregon. Government camp last night got two feet of snow. Government camp in the last eight days have received somewhere in the order between seventeen and nineteen feet of snow. Whoa. People are having to dig out of condominiums and houses, and their cars are completely buried. Most people don't know where they are if they haven't had a chance to dig out yet.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Is like, yeah, you, there's how can you even walk in that?
0: You can't. Like, how,
1: how do you get out of your house and and move and do how, like what you have to tunnel out?
0: You have to tunnel out. You have to shovel out. You have to either you know put snowshoes on or find a way to. Walk a- alongside the side of your house because the snow will eventually compact. And again, when you get snow that that's high, like you do have to kind of climb out. Um, I will try and share the video on our uh, page on on Facebook. So uh, at B squared Weather on Facebook, but it's fantastic to see the guy opens up his side gate and there's an eight foot like drift of snow, and he goes, "This is the side of my house." and this is the amount of snow that we've gotten overnight, and we're now up to like seventeen feet of snow in the last week. Wow! Yeah.
1: And so, do snowshoes? This is uh, this is the Oklahoman and me coming out because we don't get snow like that. Snowshoes will allow you to walk on top of that.
0: Yeah. So, snowshoes spread out your your footprint. Um, oh. The basic no. So the basic premise of a snowshoe is to increase the surface area of what you're walking on. So you, mean you can go on to Amazon and buy snowshoes, any, like, you know, outdoor uh, place, you know, like a REI, which is a chain out here that does outdoor, like, sporting supplies. But any of, like, the outdoor stores will sell snowshoes. But you're just increasing the size of your footprint, basically. And usually it's three to four times as large of a footprint when you have your snowshoe on. So that will allow you to walk on top of the snow. It also allows you to walk on snow. but if it's a light snow, you'll go down you'll sink a little bit. But, again, you're spreading out your footprint so your weight's more evenly distributed, allowing you to walk on the snow. But, yeah, when you have that much snow and you're having to day out, you need something. Um, most of the roads are plowed. And, you know, the State Department of Transportation has an actual area on government camp to, you know, plow the roads because they have to keep those roads open for commerce and you know people traveling to ski areas but when you get that much snow so quickly like side streets don't necessarily get plowed and if you leave your car say in a parking spot for 24 to 48 hours chances are it could be buried
1: so when they plow the main streets where do they put that snow like how can you off just to the plow side 17 feet of snow they, where, does he, where do you put that
0: they literally move it off to the side of the street and then you. And so start...
1: they just keep burying people and
0: stuff yep. in their homes. Yep, 100%. 100%. Oh. And downtown government camp is cool. I mean, there's a bunch of bars and restaurants. They have like a little grocery store or two. Uh, one of my mom's best friends has a house up on government camp. It's beautiful. We spend a lot of time during the summer there. Haven't been up during the winter. I'd love to see it, but the driveway is incredibly steep. Like you'd have to put skis on to get down the driveway. Mm-hmm.
1: Could you imagine Oh, <laughs> skiing down your driveway? Well, wow.
0: so there is a resort in Wyoming called the Mangy Moose. Fantastic uh-huh. place. You can actually ski right into your hotel room. I kid you not.
1: That's awesome. Just
0: open the door and make sure nobody's in the way and you can literally ski right into your room.
1: That's awesome, and also Mangy Moose is great. We had a bar here named the Cross-Eyed Moose. It's called something different now, but it was Aww. called the Cross-Eyed Moose.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, after, after a Saturday night out in the town, you can be a little cross-eyed. So.
1: Yeah, that's that's very true. I think now it's called Lumpy's, and so I just call it the Lumpy Moose because... Aw. Yeah. Lumpy's a works. great name
0: for moose, though. If you think would about be. it.
1: Yeah. Better than Mangy.
0: That's true. It's true. I'd rather be lumpy than mangy, but hey, yeah. we digress. Anyways, it's cool because you can ski right into your room, but yeah, this amount of snow also has some serious ramifications. They've had avalanche warnings on and off for the better part of a week and a half now.
1: Wow. So that's really scary too.
0: It is, and that's just a lot of snow that's falling, and man, it just, it doesn't stop. So
1: Can an avalanche like crush a house or like oh yeah. bust in a roof?
0: Oh yeah, it can dist- it can level it. Um, Oof. if you get a big enough avalanche, it does damage comparable to EF fives.
1: Wow. Yeah. Just cause of the like force and gravity yep. of that amount of snow coming down. Yep. Jeez. And
0: again, you know, everything else is coming down with it too rocks, some yeah. mud occasionally. Um, it's not as bad as a, uh, as a lahar, which is when you get a melting of snow and, you know, glacier ice and, all that stuff that stuff's the bad stuff you want to definitely stay away from that stuff because that stuff will do serious damage and not just you know houses but infrastructure it can take out bridges it can do a whole number of things but um yeah avalanches when they're bad can can quite effectively rearrange your house yikes
1: well and you know snow clumps up together and is sometimes in like hard balls and stuff too so that's got to be
0: a problem yeah and avalanches are extremely dangerous to people on ski slopes that's why they say if you are going to be out skiing and there is a high avalanche danger to make sure you stay within ski boundaries because you can go off boundaries and then trigger an avalanche and then you know search and rescue has to try and come find you and it's incredibly difficult to do if you're not wearing a rescue beacon and the whole nine so
1: yeah well and like. If you're caught in an avalanche, even if you're on skis and stuff, I can't imagine you surviving that. I guess it just depends on how bad the avalanche is.
0: Right. But, I mean, and you've seen scenes like in James Bond where they've been in an avalanche and he, you know, has the uh, cool little thing where it's got the air dome that surrounds them and, you know, keeps them safe. Uh, but, you know, a lot of people don't have those. And, you know, there's a reason why they say if you're going to be skiing certain times You need to wear a beacon or at least have one with you because if something happens and you can activate it, search and rescue will come find you. So it's just it's one of those things that avalanches are just, you know, something you got to watch out for at all times.
1: What dogs do they use in an avalanche? St. Bernard's?
0: They do. They do. Actually, Timberline Lodge, which is our big one of our big ski areas on Mount Hood, uh, their little mascot is Heidi. Heidi is a St. Bernard. She's very cute. I
1: love St. Bernard's.
0: Oh, yes. This dog is very cute. And Heidi is so friendly. So friendly. You'd love Heidi.
1: A St. Bernard, though, could not live in Oklahoma. It would just not be fair. I think it totally could. I don't know. It'd be hot. Really hot.
0: It would be hot, but it would would work.
1: Well, then maybe I'll get a St. Bernard and maybe name it Beethoven.
0: That would be hilarious. Great movie, by the way.
1: It's so good. Such a good movie.
0: I haven't seen that movie in forever, but it is a fantastic movie.
1: I know. It's like it's an old one, and you're right. I haven't seen it in forever either, but it's a classic.
0: (laughs) If you haven't seen it yet, uh, make sure you go out and rent it. It's old, but it's very good.
1: It's very, very good. You will
0: love it. You will laugh. One of my childhood memories. And we won't talk about how old I'm going to be this week, but that's okay. So um, (laughs) with that said, everything again, you know, a lot of snow falling is... Something to to keep an eye on because it is interesting and we've watched a lot of snowfall in the Cascades. Our water year has gone from being somewhat mediocre to now uh, looking really, really good in the span of two weeks. So that is a good upside to having a lot of snowfall quickly uh, this time of year.
1: We still have some parts of the state in a drought and I'm just like, but we all got snow pretty much. (laughs) Like what the heck? (laughs) but I know that's not the same amount of water. Like if that amount of rain fell, rain would provide more water than snow did, but still.
0: But that's where you look at the SW, the snow water equivalent, and you have to do the, you know, figure out, we talk about the 10 to one ratio, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're looking at 17 feet of snow, how much rain fell and it's, you know, over, it's almost two feet of of rain, but that's good. We'll take it.
1: That's that's still a lot of rain. And our snow was a dry snow. Like That's why we had all that drifting and blizzard issues and stuff. So that's the other thing is there wasn't a lot of water content in our snow.
0: Which is not a bad thing.
1: No. Our snow is mostly dust. It's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but is it though? That's the question.
1: All right. I don't know. I guess not.
0: Maybe, But
1: possibly. I'm telling you, you should have seen little baby Clyde out there. He could barely run in it because it was up to his armpits. Little oh, guy.
0: How's my buddy doing?
1: He's doing good. He got his hair cut yesterday. He was supposed to get it two weeks ago, but I postponed it because it was cold. And I wanted to keep his hair. And so now he looks all handsome and I can see his face and his tail and his neck and stuff. He gets so curly when his hair gets long. He looks like a sheep.
0: Oh. He is precious. Little angel. So if you are on a computer right now, go to the website tripcheck.com, which is the uh, Oregon Department of Transportation website. I will take a screenshot here in a second, and I will post it on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast. There is a sign that is on alongside the road. Uh, just a message board. We have them in every state. And you can see how much snow has fallen in just the last couple of weeks. That the sign at Trillium Lake has gone from roughly basically 12 to fi- twelve to 15 feet off the ground to about 5 feet off the ground. That's wow. a lot of snow that's fallen.
1: Man, that is just crazy. Right? Well, that's good though.
0: It happens. And I'm okay with it.
1: Yeah. Just don't go outside and cough or sneeze real loud and trigger an avalanche and... Um, get your snowshoes
0: yeah let's not do that yeah oh well you know what at least at least that's happening right
1: yeah I mean it's we wanted the snow we got the snow
0: and now we wait for chase season because that's pretty much what we're having. Um, one of our chief Mets in town has declared he's put a fork in winter. And basically said, no, nope, the chances of us having to get any more low elevation snow are pretty much slim to none. So um, somebody bought him like a three foot long metal fork. <laughs> as a great prop. And so he uses that. He keeps it at the TV station and uses it all the time he goes, all right, time to fork winter. And I was like, OK, that's that's funny. Um, but why would you
1: challenge the seasons right now?
0: Because he just does. That's what that's what he does
1: you know 2020 and 2021 haven't we learned to not question science and nature you know because whenever we do and we get all cocky and whatever nature goes oh yeah watch this
0: literally and the caveat to it was like but we could still have a snow event or two but because of the time of year it is now Chances are that it like we could get snow showers overnight, maybe get an inch or two, but then it would be gone during midday. Okay. Yeah. That still sounds like winter's hanging around to me.
1: Yeah. Because you still got to have the stuff to make the snow. Right. So, yeah.
0: So, so I, I just say bring it. If you want to fork winter, fine. Feel free. Bring it on. I'm all <laughs> for you. The seasons
1: don't listen to what we do. Just like the seasons are not going to listen to when we decide hurricane season
0: starts yes let's let's hop into that right now so earlier this week uh our friends at the capital weather gang fantastic uh weather resource if you are a weather nerd like bonnie and i are uh follow the capital weather gang on twitter instagram facebook youtube they released an article and it was more kind of an opinion piece there was some other stuff to it but just for my money i took it as an opinion piece the national hurricane center and the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, are considering changing the start date of the Atlantic hurricane season. Now, we know that currently it goes from June to November, or June to December, but they want to push it up two weeks and start May 15th, which is when the hurricane season for the eastern Pacific begins. And the rationale is, over the last X amount of years, we've seen more tropical-type systems form and we talked about this on the show last year with the national hurricane center's propensity to name things quickly and give it an assignment or give it a advisory they think moving up hurricane season two weeks would be more beneficial
1: i mean And like we were talking about before we started taping, like, two weeks is just two weeks, you know? So, I mean, move it up. Don't move it up. I mean, it's not – I mean, this could just be me not, you know, being very informed. But it just doesn't seem like that big of a thing.
0: Right. And, you know, they made a point in the article, and I thought it was very appropriate. Okay, so you move hurricane season up two weeks. Is that going to make people go out and be prepared sooner? No. Exactly. Exactly. So I I get that they want to move it up and I get that they want to do all these things and I'm totally fine with that. But at one point, do you say, hey, you know, maybe we need to rethink how we get the word out about being prepared. How do we look at that dynamic versus saying, oh, well, we're going to be weather prepared, you know, two weeks ahead to issue more advisories and get the hurricane hunters out and about. Or is it just that people pay a little bit more attention to science now? Or, you know, do we have better forecasting tools? So maybe we should see storms start to form a little bit early or not. So, I mean, there's a whole like kind of catch-22. Personally, I'm with you. I don't care if they move it up two, two weeks. Just do it and then say, hey, just so you know, this is now the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season. And again, this is not just NOAA. Or the National Hurricane Center. I think the WMO has to write off on this. And whoever else is involved. The powers that be. But let's, let's make a decision. Let's either move it up or stick with June 1st. But let's put a lot of time and effort into letting people know that they need to be prepared. Because I think, honestly, that's what it comes down to in the end.
1: Oh, definitely. And really, that should start. I mean, that should be an ongoing thing to be prepared right. for hurricanes year round. But when it should really start, start is the end of the season. Like, okay, we need to get prepared for the next season. Do we have a generator? Do we have sandbags? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that's when living in an area that gets hit by hurricanes kind of regularly as soon as the season's over and throughout the season, that's when you need to be preparing and restocking and whatever. So I just feel like the two weeks, like you said, is not going to really light a fire for anyone. They should already have the fire lit because they've been hit by a hurricane before.
0: Right. Here's looking at you, Texas and Florida and the entire Gulf coast. And again, we're not saying that you guys aren't prepared for hurricane season because obviously you guys do it every year with that said, Again, people just don't take the situations, you know, seriously. And it bugs me, I know it bugs you. Everybody in emergency management land, I know it just absolutely eats at them. There are things that we can do that don't cost a lot of money, that don't take a lot of time to be prepared. It's not hard. Mm. And it's the one thing that um, does drive us nuts.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I know that there's things you can do to your house to help weatherproof them and not hurricane proof, but at least help ease the impact. But those can be costly. But, you know, if you have a generator, now's the time to be checking it. Like, is it does it work, making sure that it has what it needs and it's been tuned up or whatever you have to do to a generator. If you don't have one, maybe now's the time to get one instead of the week before a hurricane's forecast to hit when they all are taken off the shelves you know maybe now's the time to get some sandbags stacked up in your garage so you've got them ready to put around your front door and back door and you know i'll be honest i'm not hundred percent sure what all you can do for hurricane prep because i don't live in an area that has to deal with that really so i'm just trying to think but now months in advance is when you'd want to start getting that stuff lined up
0: right and again there are basics that we can all do and it doesn't matter where we live have food and water on hand for 72 hours, right? Sometimes yeah. more. Have your medication lists available. Have important documents in a you know, fireproof or waterproof box. So if something happens, you can grab those and take them with you. Have a go bag, which is clothes available to wear. Again, three or four days worth. Things that you can do right now to just be prepared. Because if you are prepared, chances are your imp- the impact of the event will be less severe upon yourself.
1: Mm-hmm. My it, mom used to always say luck favors the prepared and absolutely. anytime I overprepared for anything big or small, it usually turned out pretty well because I was prepared and re- very prepared. So it's definitely a thing. So start doing that now.
0: Yeah. Just take an extra 10 minutes. Again, you know, reach out to the local Red Cross, reach out to your fire station, reach out to your National Weather Service office. We have materials available to help people become prepared. It is a good resource to have because you will need it at some point.
1: Maybe know, you know, what shelters are near you so yes. you have options if you have to leave your home like now is the time to get going cuz so you don't have to spend a whole lot of money and time all at once to start getting prepared. You can do a little out of time between now and May 15th or June 1st. Whichever one we're
0: going with. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Have a plan. If you have to evacuate, know where you're going to go. Yep. That's, you know, again, reach out to fa- friends and family members saying, hey, listen, you know, we live on the coast somewhere. Uh, and in the event a storm comes in, we want to evacuate. Can we come stay with you? Or have a plan in place to get a hotel in another city. Um, out of whim, I was looking at driving from Daytona Beach, Florida to Nashville uh, for something Maybe coming up next year. Okay, it's a like nine hundred mile drive, and you can do it in ten hours. But it's like okay, again. So I'm thinking, okay, Daytona Beach, Hurricane Central. Um, you know, would I drive four and a half hours, five and a half hours to Atlanta for a hotel room? Yeah, maybe. Just because. I mean,
1: yeah, I mean i I would. I would because you you have to drive sort of far away because if you just go to the next town or the next county or an hour away chances are that area is also going to be under the gun of being impacted by that same hurricane so yeah you do kind of have to drive a little ways to get out of the path out of the track so right yeah go go somewhere good
0: go to atlanta yeah go to atlanta i mean if you're in new orleans you go to houston if you're in houston you go to new orleans um Unless, you know, it was twenty twenty when Louisiana was under the gun, it seemed like every single storm. But you know, just be prepared, make that move. So again, we can't stress it enough. If you guys need information, reach out to Bonnie and I. We can put you in touch with those people that can give you the correct information about how to be prepared, what you should keep on hand at all times, because that stuff will eventually save your life. And, you know, there's a reason why you and I are weather ready nation ambassadors because we believe in this and we know it works.
1: Exactly. And it prevents a lot of loss of life and for you and and for rescuers, you know, like when rescuers spend a lot of time trying to figure out where you are or whatever, and they put their lives in danger too. So if you've taken your steps, then you're helping prevent someone else from possibly getting injured or losing their life. So absolutely trickle down effect.
0: Absolutely. And again, we you know talk about uh, chase season coming up. Chase season means tornadoes and severe weather. Another time to be prepared. You talked about shelters. If you don't have one at your house, find somebody that has one. Find the public shelter so you know if you are out on the roads and there's a tornado warning issued, you know where to go. Because we don't want loss of life. We want people's lives spared.
1: Exactly exactly and keep your pets in mind too yes I'm saying that because Clyde is laying on me right now and I was like oh let me bring up pets because they're important
0: they are important but again property is replaceable humans and animals aren't so exactly let's make sure that you stay safe and we'll go from there but man uh I'm jazzed for second chase or first chase season. I keep saying second chase. I don't know why. Oh, why? I remember why, because it's still like December 97th, 2020. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah. We're still in 2020. It it feels like like
0: it. it. Oh my gosh. It's it's like the, it's the song from lamb chop. This is the song that never ends.
1: Yes. It's the year that never ends. Yes. That's exactly where we're at.
0: (laughs) Crazy little lamb chop. Anyways. I love lamb
1: chop. though.
0: yeah, I digress. Sherry was cool. That was a
1: good show. Yeah. yeah, she was,
0: but the song was terrible anyway.
1: <laughs> Cause it
0: never out. ended. That is very true. That's very true. First chase seasons almost upon us. Um, you know, you guys had some severe weather come through Oklahoma city this week. Um, heavy flooding happening right now in parts of the Ohio river Valley, lots of rain, thunderstorms last night in Nashville, some great video out on weather Twitter. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check that out. But, uh, I'm I'm jonesing for some big thunderstorms. I'm jonesing for, you know, some, some big outlooks from SPC this year. I'm ready.
1: Oh, my gosh. Me, too. And the other night when it started thundering, like, I knew it was going to rain a little bit and whatever. And I had just gotten out of the shower and I was in, in my bedroom, like, getting dressed, brushing my teeth and all that stuff. And I... I heard it thunder and I just like my eyes popped out of my head. I looked over at Clyde sitting on my bed and I was like, was that thunder? And he just looked at me like, what are you freaking out about? And I was like, it's thundering. And it was, I just, I was like, okay, this is how I know I'm ready for storm season because I'm over here freaking out because of this little baby thunderstorm that's coming through.
0: Right. And again, you know, even today there's a severe thunderstorm watch up for portions of Oklahoma, Texas, uh, and Arkansas, Uh, poor Louisiana is just not in it yet but they could be Um, but you know hey cold front moving through some energy is available and storms are popping and could see some severe uh, thunderstorms fire off this afternoon hail looks like to be the biggest threat but even then it's still something to talk about
1: definitely and You know, the seasons are not slowing down. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, but we're going from blizzard and ice storms one week to now severe thunderstorm watches the next. So definitely, regardless of the pattern, you should always be on your toes for each season. But it just looks like we just need to keep being vigilant because it's one extreme after another.
0: 100%. Um, Choctaw County right now in Oklahoma has a severe thunderstorm warning out. Uh, and apparently, it just dropped about two minutes after they issued it. So, that happened.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know how it is early on in the season. Like the ingredients are there, but just not enough for like right. prolonged, like I- events or whatever. Right. So it'll peak for a minute and then it'll just go back down.
0: So we will see if that you know severe threat continues to progress east. It is forecast to do that throughout the day. So again, Texas, Oklahoma portions of louisiana arkansas northern mississippi alabama into tennessee southern missouri southern parts of illinois could see some interesting weather today so something again to talk about and it is early into severe weather season not quite ready to you know issue humans beans alert for those of you that know twister and the great (laughs) song um but we're getting close and i'm excited
1: Yes. And just like with hurricane season, now's the time to start making sure you're ready to go clean your shelter out, get your stuff, replace batteries, all that kind of stuff. So now is the time.
0: Right. I'm excited. Let's be prepared. Let's get it going. Bonnie, what do you guys have coming up forecast wise for Oklahoma City?
1: Uh, you know, kind of boring this coming week, um, lows in the 30s, highs in the like mid-50s, um, cloudy off and on, and then there's a couple of days with some chances of rain, but you know, nothing crazy, 50s, that's it.
0: Kind of boring, and that's okay.
1: Yeah, we all need a little bit of a, a break, a breather, so right. I'm all right with that.
0: Well, out here in the Pacific Northwest, same type of thing, rinse and repeat is the forecast. Um, showers and sun breaks. Today, we might actually just stay mostly sunny, which would be fantastic. I would be very okay with that. Sun feels good on the face. Um, Go for high today and lower 50s. We might top out at 60 by midweek. We have a very strong southerly jet influence coming in. So it's going to bring a lot of rain toward the end of the week. But with that rain, also come warmer temperatures. So 60 degrees with rain is not bad. I, I will take it.
1: Yeah, that's very early spring feeling. That's nice.
0: It is. And again, you look at the forecast, it's like chance of rain, chance of rain, chance of rain, chance of rain. Welcome to spring in the Pacific Northwest.
1: It's nice. And, you know, we do this every single season. We're like, I am so ready for the winter. And then we're in winter for a while. And it's like, I am so ready for the spring. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's where we're at. We've had a lot of winter. It was fun. And now we're ready for uh, some different, different uh, weather. So bring bring on on the spring.
0: We're ready for chase season. That's what it boils down to each and every year.
1: Yep, 100%. This is, this is what we look forward to every year. Although winter is becoming more and more of a season I really look forward to because it just seems like we're getting more and more fun weather in right? the winter now.
0: Not to mention it's challenging forecast-wise. Yeah,
1: so that's always interesting and to see how that all pans out, you know. So,
0: yep. I will take it each and every day. Well, another great edition of B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And we will chat with you guys next week.
1: Bye.